Hello and welcome to Stalwarts of Music with Aditya Veera, Season 2. Today's episode is brought to you by Perpetual Buzz Experiences. They are an artist representation company with three very basic but lofty goals. They're the launchpad for indie musicians, helping them leverage success in the best possible manner. They also help generate funding for social causes and make sure that people have a good time throughout the process. Be sure to check them out on www.perpetualbuzz.com. I'd like to give a huge shout out to the folks at Oddball Festival for making this happen and my radio partners Big FM India. Let's talk about my special guest for today, Kraken. They are a rock influenced experimental music group from Delhi. The band comprises of Vipul Verma on vocals, Moses Cole on guitar, Ruben Das on keys, Devij on the bass, Suresh Gabriel on drums. The group released their debut EP Lush and toured with Pliny across the country. The new album Club Namaste has helped them explore an all new territory in defining a complete new take on Bhangra rock. Let's find out more from them. So without any further ado, I'm delighted to welcome my guest for today, Kraken. Let's get started with our agenda today. I have a very uh interesting bunch of questions coming your way as part of this uh shall we say podcast or 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 a show. Uh and the and the fun, and the most interesting fact about this particular podcast is uh, we've collaborated with the folks at uh, Oddball Festival uh and uh, we're trying to document some of these uh episodes that we will be able to watch at any point of time going forward so we're trying to create that experience uh you know talking to artists knowing more about them so that's the whole agenda behind this uh podcast amazing uh, we're we're actually playing oddball festival on the 17th of february i don't know by when when around what time this podcast will be out uh-huh. but we're very excited we're playing with lisa x and we're playing with of course the the veritable gatsby govan yeah. marco minimal and the aristocrats basically so we're very very excited wonderful uh in terms of the aristocrats uh fun fact I mean a lot of you might not know about this uh last year we had we had the aristocrats on my podcast and uh the wow. episode with uh, Gatri was uh streaming uh, number 1 on Spotify in terms of oh, mu- wow. music podcast not surprising at all yeah yeah so yeah. it was yeah. it was one hell of an experience and yeah I'm really looking forward to watching them more than anything else uh after a long <laughs> stint <laughs> Does it hurt you to go from the aristocrats to Kraken, like you know, just no, fall from the all. bridge? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, everyone's distinct in in their musicality or their sensibilities, right? So yeah, yeah. every every artist is uh, equally important and uh, worth uh, worthy enough to be on this podcast for sure. Absolutely, polite applause. Yeah, polite applause. So questions coming your way. uh what is the core idea that moves and impassions kraken do you wish you want to take that one uh yeah sure i mean so 
for me at least it could mean something very different because uh, kraken has gone through many many different phases um and uh, now while i like to think of myself as a fairly senior member of the band because we have <laughs> <laughs> extremely junior members as well um kraken actually was uh initially um visualized maybe as something else and has turned completely sideways and gone somewhere else and i think that's something that will keep happening with the band because one of the coolest things about us is that um i think we don't uh, i think reinvention is putting it very uh, very simplistically i think for us um we take what we want to say very seriously and i think um there's a whole um identity behind uh, every release behind every story that we want to tell especially um in terms of how we want to present it so that could be whether it's uh, you know the way our ep flows or album flows uh, from song to song what we're trying to say in every single part of each song so that could that that could mean moses and i sitting for days and days just literally deconstructing one 10 second part of one song over and over again until we we've, we've got it down to a science uh, it could be how we want to aesthetically present exactly what we're trying to say a uh, visual uh, impact is extremely important to us whether it's performative aspects of what we what we're trying to do whether it's what we how we present ourselves individually um what we're trying to uh, showcase in our uh, videos in our artwork in our photo shoots um and i think that's something we we all take a lot of pride in so i think the driving force behind what we try to do is just um uh ingenuity uh, but also a lot of um i think i think we try to run this as smoothly as we can given um given that we understand that this isn't it's not just about the music at the end of the day it's more about a presentation um and i think it's something we all understand and resonate with deeply and moses can add to that um yeah i think i think uh we share some of that pretty well um what i think the core of what we are is that um whatever we're consuming at a point in time and this doesn't have to be just music or a certain uh piece of cinema or art it's just whatever it is that we're consuming at a certain point in time we in the band we really appreciate and encourage people uh bringing that aspect uh to the forefront it could be anything it could be something extremely new it could be something that we grew up listening watching hearing uh when we were kids or something even from like maybe our parents time uh the idea is that we put the joy of creation as a band at the top and it comes way before um you know a, a, a sound or a, or a business decision or uh what is trending i think that's really crucial and also um i think what's uh, what we really like to do is um collectively we try to just um say newer things i don't think we like to repeat what we're saying and right. i think that's a very very important part of what we are lovely uh, uh suyesh did mention about the whole aspect of your new album right club namaste mm-hmm. it's so diverse in the sense that you have tried to blend in so many different genres ranging from rock to hip hop elements and uh, even bhangra sensibilities right 
it's it's yeah. it's yeah. a very very interesting take uh, interestingly very few musicians in india that i've come across are able to blend two completely two or more completely different musical forms and create something that becomes a new classic of sorts right mm-hmm. uh, it it is normally stayed with n- novelty and it's only very rarely people have said that fusion music between different musical styles creates a vitality for a certain point of time and it might get forgotten later mm-hmm. what is your take I... towards something like that and how does this I- ideology apply with respect to your album well um uh, so shall take this one first i yeah, think yeah. that's a fantastic question i think the way you put it is uh, so poignant uh in the in the way that you know when it comes to fusion i feel uh yes there is that odd chance where it could go into a category which is extremely uh uh time bound in a way you know where it sounds cool for a certain period of time and when you kind of look back upon it it sounds extremely dated or for lack of a better word cheesy i feel that can happen when someone or some uh idea is forced into a mold i think that is the most obvious way that something can become you know uh that possibly might not stand the test of time i think what we were trying to do uh-huh. was that uh we uh so okay uh, case in point here being khan market gang single from club namaste which has the very obvious bhangra elements in it uh how it essentially came about was um i think one of the earlier demos <laughs> was was called item song or something like that okay. and i feel like we were trying to make it uh you know we we were really obsessed at that point i remember for a brief period of time all of us were really obsessed with the idea of making a kraken item song <laughs> and i feel uh what happened eventually is that um while we were trying different trying out different ideas it was like a drum groove for the intro uh it's just so happened that uh suresh uh, decided to you know maybe like take it in that direction whether he was inspired by the item song idea or whether it was us listening to really like you know a lot of digital music mm-hmm. um it kind of just seeped in very naturally and the moment it happened it just sounded really on for lack of better word really also because if you listen to the riff that plays while that um groove is playing it's a very swingy riff which is what punjabi Correct. music is it's extremely like, high on swing right so there was like there was only so much that you know uh we wanted to fight with it and we were like this is sound cool this is spark joy we had a american do moment right there and we were like yeah this spark joy for us and we kind of stuck with it and i feel um uh, whether it's cringy or dated i feel of course that we 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 are not the right people to talk about it. the people who listen to it Correct. may or may not feel that way uh, i mean it's just been a year not even a year actually we released that uh last year <clears throat> and uh we'll see what what people have to say but as of now the moment that intro riff drops trust me it goes wild live and i feel like yeah. up until now <laughs> we're fairly okay with it um to just to just to summarize this answer and then i'll let's we take uh, for uh, take it forward um you know <clears throat> fusion music is 
is I, more than a genre. I feel it's a, it's a craft in itself, uh, which uh, there have been musicians who just absolutely just you know revitalize the genre time and time again with their skill and their craftsmanship and the songwriting. Uh, we as a band really appreciate it. I don't think we actively consider ourselves uh, to be a fusion band or somebody or a, or a band that is actively trying to fuse genres. Okay. Uh, but we have immense respect for those uh, artists and people who listen to that kind of music. Based on what you said, uh, would it be right to say that the intent behind putting out all of this music, uh, blissful m- music, uh, to term it a little more uh, appropriately, is is the intent to make people happy? Is 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 that is that the ma- the main intent behind? Uh, um, it's I well I think the main intent is to make people dance. I think that's one thing okay. that we are very particular about. I think, and it's not to make people dance. You know, when we when we listen to a demo, uh-huh. if we don't move exactly, if we don't, yeah. If you don't dance like in our rooms, like there is a video, I think we should put it up on on our Instagram. There was a place where that uh, Suresh was recording for uh, for Khan Market Gang, and he was uh, he was listening to uh, the playthrough, and he was just dancing by himself, and it's a really cute video. And okay. I feel that is essentially how we are when we when we make anything. Now, when you dance, you could be happy, you could be sad, and you could possibly even be horny, and that's all 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 okay. You know, I think we pride ourselves on making music that it's really hard, is groovy and is extremely dancey. I think that were the three things that we naturally just gravitate towards as a collective. And I think one important thing that Moses just said was the fact that we don't shy away from actually doing stuff that's uh, that naturally comes to us. Like I remember when Moses, I and all the rest of the entire band was in college, we used to love nerding out on intricate music. And I think uh, for us, there are small little areas here and there where we don't hold back and we just want to let go because I mean, for us at the end of the day, it's more about having a great time when we're playing and, and doing whatever it is that we feel like doing as musicians rather than catering to what, what we think the demand is or what we think people are going to like. Like, of course, there's a huge element um, of marketing that goes into it later on. But I mean, in the moment, it's more about just what we think is cool. And, you know, at the end of the day, we can't predict what people are going to think is going to be cool or is going to be consumable Correct. or whatnot. But as long as we think it's great, um, you know, and we genuinely put efforts into making sure that we know it's great, um, you know, then there's, I mean, it's a, it's a win for us. And then it's a win-win if everyone else agrees. So I really, really appreciate the whole uh ideology and uh, you know the intent behind uh, making people dance and i'm i'm sure people are, are going to dance the night away after the kraken gig at oddball festival uh, really looking Absolutely. forward to it yeah if we can get uh, the aristocrats to dance to our set i think that uh, is in itself enough of a success story I'm for sure, us i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure if they make it on time that is yeah, yeah. That's, oh what <laughs> Yeah. What do you mean? No, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know how many gigs they're doing, right? Like, they, they might be traveling from somewhere. I don't know their itinerary oh, for this. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I thought it was and, more to do with, like, I thought you just about, like, this aristocrats for not having good time to, like, follow the music. No, not at all. Not at all. That was, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Lighting fires all over the place, Aditya. <laughs> <laughs> 
there are there are there are people out there who's who are going to like come to come out there homes with like uh, you know <laughs> uh, we should we should be very careful about this thing so there's always this uh, common debate as to what side one might take it can be either on the analog front or the digital front in terms of gear that you use right yeah. as individual musicians how do you go about picking what's best or do you take m- more of a practical approach and go with what might work best for you at that particular point of time okay i'm just going to kick this off uh, because i as a drummer i think <laughs> one of the most irrelevant questions for me but that's because it depends on how you approach uh, the instrument and i think the writing because uh, in this album there were and the the upcoming music actually as well there are a lot of places where uh, we used to just constantly try to discuss what kind of soundscaping for the for the drums especially like whether we want it to be punchy or do we want it to be like really live and nice. acoustic sounding and i think um, like you were saying right fusion music is not something that we intended on doing it just kind of happens so a lot of like the electronic elements that are in the album are yeah. uh, are either sampled or uh, are now played live and it's it just depends on what suits the part more so we're we're not trying to kind of force um any kind of specific gear choice into any any um any scenario in the music i think it's more just what we think will sound best and then how how best we can execute it live um but yeah i mean obviously moses has done the the vast majority of the production as well on the album so he'll i mean he'll probably have a lot more to talk about when it comes to gear and i think our bass player would have absolutely like gotten wet with this question by now so <laughs> it's sad that he's not here but please move um, yeah i think i think okay so i i'll divide the answer into two parts one okay. is uh, playing live and the other being uh, uh, in the studio when you're producing or when you're writing music i feel in the studio there is absolutely no right or wrong way to go about recording music i feel if you you need to you there is there is a certain vision that you have as a musician slash artist and then you need to you need to know or you need to be able to carve out a method that helps you achieve that sound or whatever that uh, idea that you have of what that specific sound or vibe or whatever it is you know whether it helps you achieve it through um a synth and an analog synth or whether it helps to achieve it through a soft synth or plugins whatever it is you know modern dated whatever it is i think it's completely uh, dependent on you i we have used um live synths uh, okay. analog synths on the album we also used dsps and plugins on the album right um uh, so Uh, there there have been there are still sounds on the album that have been uh, created with the guitar so so we we really not but that's how we are we've not ever we've never really like uh, tied ourselves to uh, a particular method of working um coming to live i think everybody has a different answer if you go and speak with um uh, david jabez he might have a different answer for me i put comfort and ease over everything um i feel um i am not extremely choosy or picky about uh, what care i use i think of course there is a bare minimum quality uh, to uh, you know um 
if you can if there's a sound that you know you have to deliver if you can achieve it with whatever your gear is then I think that's fine um of course there have been times when you know a gear upgrade is very evident you know and i feel like that is something that i trust my band members with where you know we're like hey i don't think that's sounding very nice let's figure out a way to maybe i'll have, have it sound very similar to the to the album or maybe like tweak it to make it sound a lot fuller live or whatever it is right you know uh that is uh, super crucial i feel um it it's so beautiful that now you have a wide range of digital products and an equally wide range of analog products to choose from and build your sound okay i think that i think why why decide on one camp why not just like have best of both worlds you know take what your yeah. uh poison is because like you know it, it's beautiful like every time you use a new piece of gear it's going to be it's just going to make you so happy and i feel like that's what it is however in my case i personally just I think my aims like really cut down on as like little equipment as I can carry live because yeah why it's a it's a, a it's a worry of it being damaged and secondly it's just a pain when you're on long tours and you're yeah. just traveling from one city to the other just, oh god like there are times when I where where I'm like I wish I was a vocalist because because <laughs> they don't help like. Yeah. I mean, let's <laughs> no, really ask them to they really don't pick up your shit for you. Um but yeah. but also just to add to what Moses was saying, I think one one aspect of what he said which is why not just pick both camps and go with what's best, I think is also while it's it's definitely something everyone would choose to do, I think it is also very idealistic and comes from like if you're a privileged musician, please go ahead and do that. But um I feel like when it comes down to picking between digital and analog I don't know man I feel like YouTube is probably the best way to go about it at least that's how I've done it I've just gone and I've um watched people try out different pieces of equipment over and over again until I I'm convinced that it's probably the best way to go about it or if you can go for a live demo somewhere this is just for people who are wondering like oh, what should I do I'm going to pick up something now and I don't know what to get so I'd say trust your gut and I do the research because that's probably what's going to steady you like keep you in good stead later on um but yeah if you if you're loaded and you have a shitload of money please go ahead and get both and uh enjoy you know i think what I, what I, what i was when i said both i meant like look if you want to get a floor a, 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 a foot processor and then you want to add like a an analog mm-hmm. in the effects it on you can totally do that a lot of musicians do that so that's what i was saying yeah um so i i still to this day Used my 2009 era Paul HP 500, and I've oh, wow. played one of the biggest shows yeah. in my life. And, it sounds uh, great. It sounds great. In fact, I I've been sitting on a Quad Cortex by Neural DSP for the last three and a half months. I haven't even opened like the cellophane paper on top of it, which <laughs> is absolutely heartbreaking because I should have had it by now, but I haven't had the time to yet. Um, but um you know it like i said it all comes down to what you're comfortable with you know there is there is there is for me comfort over everything and uh, right. i remember right. like you know when i plug in my policy 500 it just sounds so beautiful and then sometimes i'll plug in my policy 500 into an amp and the amp will push this air and i'm like wow this is what heaven sounds like so i feel like i am i am 
I am a, I am a, you know, depending on what situation is kind of a musician. Like analog or digital, I'm good with both. Got it. Got it. Very, yeah. very, very prompt and uh, fair answer. <laughs> there are. I'd like to touch upon the aspect of performance, right? So there are various sort of aspects when it comes to performance and talking about Kraken. uh i'd like to approach this from the angle of being on stage right so to what degree is everything spontaneous and unfolding as opposed uh to say like an entire aspect being strategized beforehand for each of you individually with every uh set of say articulated movements on stage or in the sense that uh you know every riff is carefully structured and uh, say for instance uh, some of you might be disturbed by some kind of external circumstance uh, you know yeah. on the day of the show or something might be off right at some point of time uh, but you would have gotten to a certain point where it doesn't bother you because you have that formula and you're mm-hmm. able to carry forward those set of in- instructions right? Uh, right or they could be another way or another angle to look at this from surrendering to you know the whole aspect of performance right on stage uh mm-hmm. it totally depends on inspiration for sure so how do you strike yeah. that balance and how uh, what is your approach how do you guys do it do you strategize or spontaneous think, yeah so so um in terms of how we are on stage in terms of in terms of the performance aspect of it nothing is strategized in terms of how we feel and what comes out that is okay. completely based on on the day so how we're feeling uh-huh. um how how what kind of energy energy we're feeling off of people the audience members right at the yeah. same time the kind of experience that we've been bringing to the live to, to our live shows now it's um it, it's a lot more uh, thought to we have a structure that we follow in terms of how the songs flow uh there is there is of course a show flow that we follow uh we have we we are playing songs right from the earliest era of cracking to governor muste so there has to be a certain storytelling narrative aspect in the entire show which we put into place we we have backing tracks uh that are uh running and sort of time coding the entire set but within the set within within those structured pockets of songs we have areas where everything is completely jammed okay. where jamming live kind of the people where Lovely. there are pockets where uh, there is no click nothing and where we're completely live and we're looking at each other and we're like okay are we extending this are we going into this what are we doing and it's completely live so so like i said it's 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 extremely rehearsed in terms of how the set is going to flow but at the same time there are moments of absolute chaos and madness which make everything so beautiful right and right. uh it's it's so amazing uh when when a live jam goes well because we're just like feeding off of that energy until the next show and sometimes very rarely when the talk go well then we're pointing fingers at okay <laughs> you know it's your i did extend that last bar and we just have fun with it i think that's really why i personally have been having a blast on the club namaste tour and it's been so fun 
I think this is this is probably the most fun I ever had on a track indoor because of how smooth the entire set sounds. Um, so so I think in terms of uh, bringing an experience, the club number six experience as we're calling it for the tour, it's it's equal parts caught through of professional performance at the same time the live band aspect i think we've embraced it more than we've ever done before in fact would you like to add suish no i think he summarized that perfectly exactly what it is brilliant thank you you know the exact you are because we we've, we've had a, we've had chats about this so many times now yeah yeah we're so happy with how the set sounds so we're very very happy yeah uh i'd like to talk about uh independent music in india right uh of course there's a regional uh circuit and there's another western independent music right so i'd like to t- touch upon that so not enough of western independent music from india seems to resonate with the pulse of people i'm talking about the majority right in terms of the contemporary predicaments or the contemporary vocabulary right majority of them still listen and appreciate to what happens in the west which in some senses has universal appeal and and say like a wider reach right in terms of how they modify and and you did mention about this whole aspect of presentation right so uh, yeah that that uh, appeals to like majority of audiences so how do you define i know it can be a very difficult question to answer but how do you define good indie music surely it it's something more than more than a good performance or good direction and from what i gauge the music needs to be reflective of one's own predicaments their own stories that might probably enrich their sensibilities in that realm and they'll be able to relate to it much better so what is your take uh, on 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 this particular thought uh i think okay so for me independent music is particularly i think i think one could define independent music as basically music that doesn't necessarily have a lot of support in terms of financial aid uh, or distribution uh, aid from say a label and the bigger the label the less independent you are because um you know your image your music is a uh, you know everything from from your production value to how you end up presenting it is kind of under the, under the microscope of who's who's kind of um, calling the shots which may or may not be the artist but uh, for me that uh, the label of being independent kind of becomes uh, more and more diluted the more support you have as an artist um and uh, i think good independent music is music that has um that has a story to tell and uh, that could be like what you exactly what you were saying which is which is um a contextual story to tell something that that defines you uh, in the moment maybe something that's extremely relevant and uh, it's a commentary on that or it could be uh, the artist's own story or um stories that they want to tell through their music but it needs to come from a genuine place uh, and i feel like um what moses was talking about earlier is very uh, important here which is that forcing something uh, to f- fit into a puzzle that you think is is what people want to see or hear 
um, can backfire massively. And I think that's for me that's what separates good good independent music from uh, I wouldn't say bad or good is is any way to judge art, but I'd say um, art that becomes uh, part of the the kind of mass versus uh-huh. art that stands out is uh, is art that pushes boundaries and is art that has something genuine to say. I think when you try to fo- follow a formula and fit into what you think is cool or trendy at that moment, you are, you know, whatever, a sensation for, for maybe a couple of, whatever, like a, a brief time period, like we were talking about earlier, but then you yeah. become overshadowed because there's just a, sh- there's the sheer number of people who are, who are doing the exact same thing or doing it the same way as you are, um, just drowns you. Um, but I feel like if you're the person who starts the trend or if you're the person who's actually made that wave happen, then it's very unlikely that you will be overshadowed because you're the first one there and people are always going to look back to you and think, okay, yeah, you know what, that, that's the original yeah, one. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the OG. Um, so I think uh, for me, good independent music recognition aside, I mean, that obviously comes with just your distribution strategy and your marketing and obviously the in- infrastructure that you have because right now India is still a very, it's a baby when it comes to actually being Correct. able to market um, music a certain way. Um, it's no, no one's fault. Uh, but I think what is really commendable is how much effort artists are now putting into becoming global. I think this wasn't a phenomena back, even if you look five years uh, into the past, four years into the past, uh, artists weren't pushing as hard as they are now. And I think it's so cool that there are so many artists now, independent artists from India, regardless yeah. of what kind of music they're writing, who are going global and they're doing it really well. They're touring the world. They're, uh, they're getting huge audiences to come to them. They're playing stadiums, um, you know, and uh, I think it's only going to get bigger and better from here because I think not only is the infrastructure growing because artists are making it grow, but also I think we've we've come to a place where all of us understand the importance of of running uh, whatever it is that we're running um, like like a business, and uh, that's the only way to make it happen. That's the only way to expand, and that's the only way to to kind of uh, make sure that people actually listen to what you're doing and and notice what you're doing. So that, that, I mean, that's, that's what it means to me. Um, okay. I love okay. Moses ad. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I think this is a very, um, honestly, a very, very difficult question. I don't think there is an answer to it. I think, um, so firstly, let me say that, you know, nowadays, uh, we're, we're in a data economy. We can, I can right now go to a label head and tell, tell him or her or them and be like, Look, I want to make music that reaches X amount of people, and I want to be able to do these many shows within the next six to eight months. Yada yada yada, and the label executive is gonna pull out all these stats from their other artists, from like all these streaming services, yeah. services. Yeah. and then they're gonna devise this really nice formula for me. And if I just stick to that formula, I'm eventually looking at a very uh, systematic, systematic, systematic growth uh, in my music and my live act and so on and so forth and then I am a short short hit. I am then a marketable product, right? Now, that's one way of making music in today's game. I'm not even going to go into like AI and ChatGPT. like let's not even <laughs> go there. That's a completely different argument. But um, now, now coming to what independent means, for me, what independent means is that between the artist and the audience, there is no middleman. Now, uh, 
there are artists that are completely selling out stadiums that are doing it without a label uh, you know label head without any um uh, label backing them but there of course they have massive crews that are working day in and day out for them they are too independent they are also independent and i feel like independent is not mean successful or unsuccessful or profitable and not profitable i feel independent essentially stands for a uh, um uh, uh, you know it's more of a business function to my head uh to to my understanding it's a business function uh, i don't do it as any other way now coming to uh, your second to the second part of the question is about western music correct look um you know that that's a very again a very strictly slope argument because there was a time when um western music was all that was live music in india at the point yeah. it seemed to me like there were bands that were touring off like they were doing cities after cities and now it's kind of given way to uh, you know regional music a lot more hindi or regional music has and regional artists and regional independent artists doing really well and that's now become sort of the norm um i feel how or what is the norm or what do people consume or what people like it's such a uncertain thing to bank upon it's such an uncertain thing to bank upon that you know if if we tomorrow are suddenly like oh you know xyz hindi artists doing so well we should now completely just do hindi music and we force our vocalist or we force ourselves to write music that we haven't really like studied properly or he hasn't studied or he hasn't practiced writing yet you know it's going to backfire so what we were doing even semi successfully as quote unquote uh, uh, an english band we were not able to do even half of that right so i think i think the the idea here is that there is no right answer there is no right way of doing it i don't think labels are necessarily bad or evil at Correct. the same time i don't think that they're, they're necessarily good either um you know um without saying too much kraken has had a lot of label interest off late after put put double must stay out but we are we're, we're thinking about it we're not you know jumping the gun because we have been you know there has been so much confidence that we have got after people listen to our music have you know invested their time and their money in the crowdfunding and successfully helped us record an album make a music video make the kind of artwork we want to do make the kind of merch we want to do i feel like if we only have that then we don't need a middleman coming and sucking our certain percentage of whatever it is that we um can do on our own right So I think I think that's where I stand. I feel like I'm really inadequately. Uh, I have very inadequate information about where I stand on this. I feel like it's kind of it's a bit pointless to think about it. Also, so I just kind of let it pass, and I I focus more uh, on creating with my band. I think that's where my head is at. Very very beautifully articulated. I I like the whole uh, concept, and you know the whole focus on the music front more than anything else. Uh, which yeah. is very commendable <coughs> during times like these absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah as a collective group at this stage in your careers 
what is the most positive aspect that you see as you work in the world of independent music shall we say um okay i'll go i think i have a very, i have a prepared answer for this the fact that the audiences are far more open to your kind of music sure i think that's there i think when we uh, on especially on this tour is when we realized uh we played a lot of festivals yeah. uh you know we had the opportunity to play a lot of festivals in a lot of different cities um we we toured new cities that we haven't toured ever before and of course that brought um uh, new audiences to our shows and their response and their approach and their openness to want to give us a shot and we know that we're not your you know hitting rock band or pop band or whatever it is you know we bring a bit of we bring we bring a bit of the funk as they say <laughs> and um and the fact that people are just they're just ready and they buy the idea and they and they believe in it and they're so passionate about it and the most important thing so vocal about sharing it i think yeah. that's been the greatest thing i feel like as as terrible terrible as it is to say it but i feel like the pandemic kind of just reset the game a little bit for sure um no i was just uh, i mean the only thing i'd add to that is the fact that i mean i think all of us as kids when we're growing up especially as musicians uh, the dream mm-hmm. is to kind of play to people who sing your songs back to you and the fact that it's actually happening now and you have people chanting our choruses to us regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's like four people or the whole room or uh, doing it is i think it's it's just it just makes it very evident that we're doing something right and uh, you know you can breathe a sigh of relief after putting in years and years of effort and uh, putting something out and it's not a gigantic flop <laughs> i think that's a <laughs> that's something that we're happy about for sure i'm glad it's paying off in some capacity so are we <laughs> <laughs> okay Uh Moses this this question is driven to you you don many hats that of a model an actor a guitar player an instructor a producer right oh, so which is the most uh, preferred one for you out of all these I can tell you the least preferred one I I I modeling I think that's the least like I have okay. not enough meat to bite <laughs> into um you know Aditya, I'll always, I'll always, always be a musician first. Yeah. What and that includes being a guitar player, that includes writing music, that includes producing. I think that'll always be uh, where I draw inspiration from. Even when it comes to acting, for that matter, I feel like I'm very new into it. I'm still cra- like learning the craft of it. But whenever I do learn, whenever I do indulge in it, I'm always uh, bringing. similarities or trying to find similarities in acting that remind me of how it was or how it is to learn a new you know guitar or a new technique on the guitar or something new when i do production i feel like um music is such an intrinsic part it's it's, it's i won't even say a part it's like kind of built into the fiber of my being to the point where 
I I am I am always with music, even in the silences. I feel that the, the silences are also super important. My, my like you know, as much as I love to play live music, I hate loud venues. Like I hate to go to a restaurant or a cafe that's really loud because you know it, it's just it bothers me. Uh, and and it bothers me purely because I value the silence as much as I like value the you know um the loud music and everything. So I feel to answer your question uh, in in summarize it, I will always be a musician first because that's really what thirteen year old music Moses was thinking about doing when he was on on stage. It was um, yeah yeah that's what it was. Uh, yeah, long hair on this on stage, rocking out with my brother. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this large climate of globalization, uh, that of capitalism, everything seems to be very utilitarian, of sorts, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure there's there's value, and people are investing in art right now in the form of NFTs. And other digital assets, right? So they, they see a lot of value in all of these things. And they are investing mostly in the sense of investment and not necessarily in their response towards art. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, what is the value of art? Mm-hmm. And what is the relevance of the artistic process? And why should the community invest in art? You wish you want to take that one? I'm uh, formulating my answer because uh, it's a very, very wonderful question you've asked. And uh, I think it's... I, yeah, yeah. What? You go for it. Because I was going to answer, but I, I know what I'm going to say. So you can... Oh, okay. Then, then you please, you please go for it. And then I'll okay. So basically what I was going to say was, I think uh, I'll, I'll divide the answer into two different parts. One is the value and one is uh, why, should, why should people consume art? Um, that was your question, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think value is a very subjective thing. I think people uh, value music or art uh, very differently based on what it is they're consuming it for. Um, some people may have the need to consume certain art maybe at a certain time in their life or at a certain period because it brings them more value at that time. Or some people may just value a certain kind of art because that's what they resonate with and that's that's what brings them joy. That's what makes them tick like I know for people like Moses and I and the rest of the band music is something that I don't think we could live without I mean it's something that defines us it's something that's built us into who we are and uh, it's it's a variety of music it's not one specific type of music it's not one you know musician who we have a mandir for and we're sitting and worshipping but it's just like a, a variety and a multitude of different artists who have inspired us and who continue to inspire us and we get a kick out of discovering new music as well, which 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 does that for us, you know. Like as as someone who who's very sensitive to music, like just that that feeling, that rush that you get from getting goosebumps and you listen to something amazing. Uh, it doesn't happen to a lot of like I know a lot of people who don't have who haven't experienced that yet, getting goosebumps when they listen to music. But to someone who's who's really sensitive to it, the the value of that product is that much more. It's exponential, you know. So I feel like value. Um, from a monetary perspective or from a numerical perspective is very different from value that people have uh, in, in an emotional sense. Uh, from, a, from a numerical perspective, what value art has, I think, is left to the ex- so-called experts because 
you know a dot on a on a piece of paper can sell for millions of dollars and we don't understand why but they do um and uh, for me i feel like that value escapes me i don't understand how um, how pricing really works within different art forms but uh, i think for an i think for an artist um who works in the industry understanding the value chain is really important because to be able to price something uh, you need to understand the labor that's gone behind it and why it is um priced a certain way and there are, i mean marketing wise there are tons of reasons why people price things a certain way you know you could do competitive pricing or you can reduce your prices because you but none of that really works in music i feel like when it comes down to it you just have to know what uh what you you have to assess what you think your value is as an artist and and put it out there but now uh what you said about global capital capitalism and globalization basically brings me to spotify and uh, you know yeah, pretty yeah. every other platform out there which is essentially uh, kind of flatlining uh, the value of what an artist is uh, because you're essentially selling uh, your product at the same price as everyone else you're also um, valued in the same monetary bracket as everyone else and um, the only thing that sets you apart is what you're saying and how you're saying it and what people find unique about you so um i think that that it, it's again it's extremely complex because there are so many things that could dictate whether or not you do well and what value is attached to your music like music that i may not resonate with or i may not find particularly um fun to listen to may do incredibly well because it's it's on a reel that went viral Yeah. um and my music which i which maybe you know a bunch of people find valuable here may not do as well uh, monetarily because it didn't have a reel that that went viral or someone didn't uh, you know drop a youtube video with it in the background somewhere that everyone loved or it isn't featured on an ott platform and i feel like those are all things that um are either luck based or essentially based on how well you choose to sell your music it's yeah. extremely complicated um and there's no real like uh formula to to cracking it or to figuring it out yeah. but i think the value of music keeps evolving and uh it's going to keep evolving like moses said now you have things like chat gpt and ai and god knows what not <laughs> technologies that keep coming out which you never really know what direction things will swing in and people will find a way to kind of break the mold and i don't know sell their music a certain way or add value a certain way but as things stand right now i i don't think there's like a definitive answer to what yeah. value for music is i think it's yeah it's different for everyone and in different sure. in every scenario um i think i have a very simple thing that i live by and uh, i'll share it of course it's a personal personal mantra and that is that all art is overrated um there should absolutely be no guilt tripping people into buying art or valuing it a certain way i definitely don't believe in that i feel that's really cheapening the art of creating anything it's cheapening the art of it's even cheapening the the expertise and and the yeah. skill and and the level of practice and this dedication that goes into learning something and creating some or learning it to a point where you can create something of value whatever that value is. and i i don't think uh there will ever be uh an answer to this question about 
what is the value of art how should art be valued uh what is is it is it like there is a numerical or a monetary monetary number or is it is it based on how you feel is it a feeling based thing i think these conversations are um uh, giving giving the product uh way too much importance i don't think it's that i don't think it's just the product i don't think it's just the artist i think there is something that is you know almost supernatural about the entire experience you know if i were to give you something and say this is some form of art and i remove the entire experience of you being able to either delve into it and find out a world that exists behind that product whether it's a song whether you if i remove the whole aspect of you were finding out who made it or what their story was or what they're talking about it might not be as valuable so like i said you know it's it's almost like it it is are you going to value the final product or is it like yeah. is it like value added you know things at different steps so i feel like it's a it's a really uh it's it's a it's a rabbit hole that i feel one should not get into um uh and if we are talking about purely monetary aspect of art then keep it monetary keep it superficial keep it you know if if it's about hey i want x amount and the only way you can earn x amount of money is streaming is to spotify then play the game play the spotify game you know um uh, wolfpack i mean it's a very famous story about how they rigged the whole yeah. spotify game you know i, I don't want to get into it because i'll take too much time You know, you can like play the game, rig it. If you feel like something is exploitative, I feel like the best way to tackle it is within the system. And I think that's where we also have to find out. We're very much within the system. And uh, yeah. Nice. Let's talk about something lighter. Uh, I okay. feel I feel I've been uh, putting forth too many questions that. Uh, Let's talk. Let's talk about that wonderful smile, Aditya. <laughs> <laughs> He's slashing it once in a while. You know, you're doing well in an answer when Aditya just suddenly like brightens up, like full yeah, yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aditya has has spoken with the with the legends, man. He's spoken with like everybody. So, first, I am talking to some of them right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is definitely a legend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So could you describe an average day in in the life of uh, Kraken beyond uh, say you know the, the aspect of recording or touring or performance it's just it's just a lot of like live shit posting i think all of us are just absolute idiots and uh, i think we get off on being that with each other i think uh, yeah exactly i feel, yeah. I feel like yeah like Suresh was saying we we Yeah, we 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 shit post on the official band group until everyone or at least most people get sick to the point where they're like, "What are we doing? We call ourselves, you know, we're a we're a semi-professional band, and we have, you know, uh, whatever we have like deadlines to meet, or we have songs to complete, and we have we've got like meetings lined up, or we've got." Uh, <clears throat> but to answer your question, I feel like all five members have completely different lives. Absolutely okay. different. I I I now stay in, in Mumbai, um, but I'm always coming uh, to Delhi 
in fact, I will traveling to Delhi more now because we've been rehearsing a lot and getting on tour, and uh, we'll be writing new music also. So um, most of the times it is uh, right now we've been collectively as a band uh, we've been uh, working towards bettering our the uh, club namaste experience, which is the live live uh, performance aspect of it. That's been like taking most of the uh, most of our attention, but we now mm-hmm. slowly focus towards writing because um, we are in talks with people about certain things and certain uh, things that we do want to explore. Um, but uh, some of some of the members have day jobs, yeah. um, so they so they work their day jobs and um, you know after their jobs or maybe over the weekend is when we kind of they kind of you know um, take our time for the band and so on and so forth. Sometimes, of course, when we have to play on a weekday, they uh, lie, uh, which is a <laughs> beautiful, beautiful thing. They lie or they take these and uh, then they come for the shows. And uh, we've been successfully doing this for a while now. Um, yeah, um, I can let you a chance for what his day is like. No, I think uh, I think that's basically exactly what it is. I mean, despite the fact that all of us are extremely different individuals, but also lead very different lives, when we come together, there's a very unified kind of goal, whether that's something as simple as a WhatsApp chat or, um, you know, when we finally meet for rehearsals, there's there's a very clear-cut agenda to what we're doing. So if we're all messing around on on whatsapp then you know we're all doing that but it eventually comes back down to to what the larger picture is and what it is that we're trying to achieve and i think that's that's the coolest thing about us we don't take our, take ourselves too seriously um but we're serious about not taking ourselves too seriously which is which is great because like at the end of the day um work, the work gets done without um without any pretense without any real like you know force forced uh effort i mean obviously sometimes we have to goad each other into into getting stuff done because life gets in the way but i mean everyone has stuff to do and you you have to kind of pull your weight eventually so so yeah it's it's just a bunch of uh, what moses said earlier right like playing playing on stage with his bros it's just a bunch of bunch of good friends uh coming together for a cause yeah, yeah. but i think this time around We've been we've been seeing a very active uh, uh, dare I say the word professionalism that you're bringing, which is kind of making us work uh, a lot. We become a lot more productive in a way where we're like less about oh you know let's have let's have fun. And we're like now like okay cool let's let's do this like we have something going on here. Like you see that little spark. That I feel like we we all was working for a really long time, and I feel we finally just like all put into place. And yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, just to add to that, I mean, the fact that I mean, this this professional also I think comes from a very deep understanding of what uh, every individual in the band is, and uh, I think that's just come uh, come from years of of being around each other. I think we're all very in tune with each other, and we kind of understand. So, for example, if if someone can't make it somewhere or if someone is finding it difficult to to meet a certain commitment um we i think already know why it's happening or whether or not it has something to do with a lack of commitment or if it's a genuine reason and um we found ways to work around all of those things and i think that's what really keeps the machine rolling it's the fact that uh, sorry running 
is because uh, I think we've all um, reached a point of equilibrium with each other where um, there's a very deep understanding and we just know how to, how to make things happen even if not all hands are on deck all the time. And I think that's very important. I think um, it takes a very well-oiled machine to, to make that happen. And it's how, I think how any successful kind of venture runs, just knowing who is good at what and when, to, when people have to come in individually to, to make something happen. You've, that kind of leads me to another question. You have been one of the most sought-after drummers for artists that include the li- likes of Dualist Inquiry, Doppler Effect, Zokoa, a couple of other interesting uh, projects. So how do you situate Kraken in comparison with these other set of projects till date? That's a really nice question. I think, I think, uh, I think all of us uh, around the spectrum have played with a multitude of different acts in the past uh, and continue to like our basically the which plays with so many different people. Um, and uh, I think at one point I was juggling, I can't even remember how many acts, uh, but uh, at that time I was living, I was, I was working with a very simple kind of uh, model, which was that if someone asks me to do something first, then that takes priority over other things. And I started soon realized that I was a really stupid model to work with because not everyone is prioritizing the work the same way that other people are prioritizing their work. And over years and years of um, experience, I've come to realize that it's very important to prioritize acts uh, and people who have the same goal and the same drive as you do. So I think Kraken is definitely um, the band that, uh, or, the, or the group of people right now that I'm working with who have um, my full attention. And I think that's extremely important because um, I've also played with many, many acts that had a lot of promise at one point, which fizzled out. And the reason why that happened could have been a very genuine reason or an extremely stupid reason. Um, and, you know, in retrospect, you can go back and you can try and tweak shit, but there's no point in, in thinking about it when uh, there's no solution to it. But if you, have some, if you have something that looks extremely promising and feels like it's moving in the right direction, then I feel like putting your efforts into that is extremely important. And that's, what I've, that's how I, I kind of approach my work now. Um, so Kraken definitely has, you know, a, a very, very, um, I think a very special way of working. And it's a, it's a way of working that I love. So for me, um, the, the projects that I prioritize now are all projects that, that do that for me. So for example, uh, you'd mentioned Zokova is definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, but there's a, there, I, I wouldn't say there's a hierarchy in the way I'm working, but there's definitely like a certain kind of um, work ethic that I value way more than, than say other, other, other acts. So I wouldn't hierarchize any of my acts, but I definitely will prioritize them a certain way. And I've cut down a lot. I've cut down a lot on the acts uh, that I've playing that I'm playing with, uh, just in terms of making music with. I think sessioning wise, that's something that you know I do if and when I feel like I have time for it, and and if it's a if it's an act that I think is is fun to play with, and and I I I like working with the person, then you know it's something I take up. But as far as making music goes, I think I've I've realized that concentrating. Um, Concentrating your creative energies in, in, in fewer spaces leads to better results, for me at least. Like I really enjoy it because it, it, it allows me to push boundaries with those acts more than just spreading myself thin and, and uh, wanting to kill myself at the end of a day which had five rehearsals. So, <laughs> yeah. Marvelous, marvelous. 
in the interest of time i'd like to come to the last part of this agenda today which is the rapid fire segment and let's see how the two of you all do we're going to be <laughs> okay no it's it's going to be more well, fun at night let's go rapid fire more, more fun what is that one song that always makes you cry uh bob marley stir it up okay. oh i uh, right now uh, the one that's coming to mind is uh, it's okay to cry by sophie all right on the contrary what is your favorite guilty pleasure song i have no guilty pleasure songs i am i am out there <laughs> proud and i'll tell you i listen i listen to actually boys i listen to everything and i'm very proud right. of it i have no guilty pleasure right. none oh. i think uh, i i had the exact same answer up until uh, i realized that i've been obsessed with taylor swift of late um and i mean yeah I, I, guilty, i wouldn't say it's guilty pleasure it's a guilty pleasure dude i just it's great it's it's a great album so i'm enjoying it yeah yeah i have a good thing about it right yeah. uh, if if the two of you had the chance you had like a record label backing you up and uh, you had the chance to put together like an all star experimental prog rock project who'd oh be God. in it who'd be in it moses oh god okay uh well you know thing is is it like you know if i had a label backing me i don't think i'll make dog dog i think i'll probably make like the most well produced black metal band okay and because see i'm a huge i'm a huge black metal death metal guy that's like like my zone okay um but since situation i am making it i feel It'll mostly be like, like half of like Lindisk and half of Slipknot. <laughs> um, jeez. Uh, um, I think it. I think it'll be. It'll be. Um, damn. It'll be. I don't know, man. I think it'll be. It'll be. It'll be a straight up like some some type of uh, Slipknot type of band. I feel like that's what we'll like eventually go towards. I think like um, Cody Taylor. um uh you know more you know on vocals uh we'll probably have Suresh on drums i'll be i'll be <laughs> i see i know who will be who will be second guitar player mark tremonti from all the bits yes and the monster on bass um who uh, should we oh, oh dude um uh, who's the who's the i keep forgetting his name who's the bassist from madwin uh, oh yeah ryan martini Ryan Martin, Ryan Martin on bass. Then we'll have, uh, of course, I have to have Jordan do that on keys. Yes, because that would be hilarious. And since it's since it's, an ex- it's it's a, since it's an experimental prog band, it has yeah. to have saxophone somewhere. Yeah. So, oh, right. so probably like a. And then and then we in every song we have a guitar feature by from by John Petrucci. Like he just come and play a solo in every song. <laughs> Since you mentioned yeah. mentioned Jordan Rudis, he's going to be our next guest on the show. Uh, oh, wow. oh my! Uh, so that episode uh, will will be coming out on the 18th of Feb. So <sighs> check it out. If oh, you one day after our show. One day after our show. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. 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 Come to our show and then and then go watch the Jordan Rudis episode. That is good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sorry, we completely uh, unrapid fired your rapid fire round with those. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> it had to unfold this way. Yeah. Yep. I have one last question 
for today, which is a custom in all of my interviews, and I ask all of my guests this very question. Uh, down in the distant horizon, what would you want to be remembered as? Um, uh, down in the distant horizon, I, I would love to be remembered as the person who's coming out with a new album. He has answers uh, up his sleeve. I, <laughs> I said you've got you got the right answers up your sleeve for every possible question thrown at you. Thank you. I think for me it would just be um, I'd want to be remembered as uh, as someone who who stood their ground. Marvelous, yeah. marvelous. I incredible, know. incredible answer for a closure. Uh, that yeah. being said, this interview will be additionally aired on Big FM India, being a media oh, partner wow. along with uh, the Oddball Festival. And they air it oh, primarily yeah. across their properties in Shillong and Azol uh, on, the, on the Sunday primetime show. Uh, and it'll also be out at a later point. It'll take a while, but yeah, we'll, we'll try to put it out as soon as we can in the best of our abilities uh, on uh, YouTube in an audio-video format in my channel and across all audio streaming platforms as stalwarts of music. And I'd really like you all to share it along with friends, fa- fans, and family. Yeah, goes without saying. Absolutely. It's, it's, been, it's been a very, and I, I should probably say humbling experience Talking to the two two of you all, it's it's been a total blessing, honor, and a privilege. So thank you, thank you guys oh. for this. Uh, no, likewise, Aditya. I just wanted to say, dude, your questions and just the way you you've approached this has been really, really something. Like I've I've had such a wonderful time because there's such thought provoking questions and well thought out. Um, yes. just, like your show flow is. It's commendable. <laughs> well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Means also, a lot. Your, means a lot coming from your you. Your questions is so well researched, and they're they're so, you know, on point. They're they're not a word out of place, and I think that's truly the reason why you know uh, Star Wars and music is doing so well, and we're so honored to be here. And uh, thank you so much for having us. The pleasure and the honor was all ours. Yeah, we recently got uh, we recently got an interview uh, with a question that asked us about uh, how we're how we're going around mourning the loss of our vocalist and uh, what it's like uh, being successful in Colombia, and I think uh, that's testament to bad research coming from. Uh, oh no, that's, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, gotta, oh. thank you for the for the refreshing experience. Thank you guys once again. And before we conclude this session, uh, I'd like you guys to conclude this, this particular session by a closure uh, to all, all the people who, who are going to be coming down to watching you all at Oddball Festival. Right. Um, closure is that, uh, guys, we are playing uh, on the 17th of February. Uh, in Mumbai. At Oddball, in Mumbai at Oddball Festival which is one of the four uh, other dates that Oddball is, uh, you know, so Oddball is happening across the country. Uh, we're playing on the 17th in Mumbai with Aristocrats, Lisa X and her band, Marvaz and Mamoji, and of course, uh, the humble uh, Kraken music group. 
and it's going to be it's going to be crazy i can tell you that much because it's happening at phoenix market city which is this massive area um and uh, i i'm i am already like while talking about i'm getting goosebumps and i feel like it's it's one of those live shows that you have to be present to like really experience i don't think words or videos or stories will ever be justice to what it's going to be like and uh, yeah come come for music come for dance and come for like some of the best musicians in the world including us <laughs> we're going to just zip it on stage and we're going to be there fanboying fangirling with the rest of the world <laughs>